Welcome to Invest in Women, the podcast series, your insight into the growing wealth of women and the issues that impact their business and yours. See what happens when you educate, empower, and invest in women. The Invest in Women podcast is so proud to have Schwab Advisor Services as our sponsor. Schwab is passionate about helping independent registered investment advisors find new ways to grow their business and attract diverse talent to our industry. Explore your path to independence at advisorservices.schwab.com. Susan Bradley is with us today. Susan, thank you so much for taking the time to be part of the podcast. We really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, Melissa. Thank you for asking. I think that um, with the pandemic for me, there was in my personal life, there was a lot of transition within the pandemic, right? So a lot of times when we think of retirement, we think of it being in the future or what we want to plan with our monies in the future. And then something like this event hits that nobody could have predicted. Even the best emergency funds in the worst situation weren't going to stand up for a lot of people. So I know that you specialize in transitions, but I was wondering if, do you think the pandemic has allowed a lot of people to understand better what you do, which is you have to be prepared for the unknown? Oh, yeah. And you have to be ready to live with uncertainty. So we no longer have a world where we plan. We have a world where we prepare. So it's not planning, it's preparation. And you know what, Melissa, I'm an CFP from the early 80s, okay? And then in 1995, I had an experience that led me into sudden money, and eventually I became a financial transitionist. And that's what I do for a living. So I see this stuff through the lens of a transition. Mm -hmm. I see everything because it's pretty expansive. You see transitions in biology, astronomy. It's just everywhere. It's just how life works. But in the early days, when I was talking about this, I've been doing the financial transitionist thing for 22 years. When I would talk about women in transition, people thought I was talking about menopause. Uh (laughs) Can't make that stuff up. Can't make it. And that was a woman in her 30s at a boardroom where they were talking about uh, some initiative for women in transition. And I was like, I don't even know where to go with that. So we're, we were oh. really not alert to transitions. And I wasn't either in the beginning. I thought I was trying to create a financial planning version of change management when I wrote Sudden Money. I didn't even use the word transition. Then when I found it a couple of years later and I started studying it some more, I realized this is what all financial planners should be is transitionists skilled and trained to manage change, but we're not, we ignore it. We think of it as a money in motion event. I like that money in motion. Well, I, as you speak, I've got a friend that I know that she got divorced 20 years ago and she is still bitter about that divorce. She still expects money from him. Like she was, she had, she was trained, I believe by her family, but also continued that training in her mind that she's somebody that is going to be taken care of by somebody else, that it was not her responsibility to take care of herself. And so there's a lot of women, I think, that tend to have the, they have to change from the upbringing into the reality of you have to be self-sufficient on, at least on some level, even if you stay in your relationship. So let's oh, talk yeah. a little bit about those transitions that you help women with. 
Well, and let's be clear, it's not just women. This right, is, of course, this right. This is not a gender issue. This is a human experience mm -hmm. that we move through life and then all of a sudden there's a change. We plan for it like we graduate from college or something and that's planned. But then we have to adjust to what does that mean afterwards? There's a transit, a change and a transit. And then we become a different person. We're a college graduate. We're doing these things. You have right. a new persona. Then you get married and children like, like that. When you, heat, when you hit your later 40s, early 50s, it seems like life speeds up. The mm -hmm. average age of a widow is 57, 59, depends upon the research you read. So that means there are a lot of them in their 30s and 40s. So See, I wouldn't have thought of that. I didn't even think that the average would be in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, divorce is somewhat prevalent, a little bit less now with millennials. They just kind of get it differently. But grain divorce over 60, you have women who have maybe supported a husband throughout a career and then they're two becomes one. They're on their own. Uh, mm -hmm. You could have a man who supported a woman through a career, same thing. So we have these events and now it's aging related events and it's longevity or illness. Think about all the cancer that's around and all of a sudden somebody's life has to stop and get ready to try and survive. Yeah. And all the shifts and changes. So it is all around us. I find women in general, tend to want to process. They want to understand the context. They want to understand the, the choices and the, the consequences of choices. How could I get here to there? They're not always expansive thinkers around it. They're more like getting through it. Mm -hmm. And we like both. We like people to get through it and also to build a new image, reshape their life. Men have a tendency to want to know the facts. They want the list, the to-dos. They want to move through it. And there's really two kinds of change, according to change management from Harvard Business School in the leadership area. There's technical change, which is the list. And I do this and I do this and everybody should know how to do this. And th this kind of projection goes here. And it's just putting known pieces back together and getting the client back on track. Mm, maybe sometimes it works more for men than women. The other kind is adaptive change. And that takes longer. You don't even really see all the landscape and the challenges and the possibilities, the tools and process you use. Some of it you just have to do on the fly. You have mm -hmm. to give up on the tried and true financial planning, step-by-step -step sequential thing. Doesn't work. Even life planning doesn't work when people are in transition. So it's a whole different skill set. And in the adaptive versus technical change research from Harvard, that all started because there was a 70% failure rate, a failure rate in change wow. management globally. And they had to stop. This is about the same time I started. They stopped and said, what's going on here? They delineated these two, which is very much traditional financial planning, technical, transition planning, adaptive. But here's the weird thing. It, that 70% translates because we have um, another data point that 70% of widow and divorced women leave their financial planner a year or two after the event. 
after all the work you do in the beginning of these events, they tend mm -hmm. to go. Where do they go? They go to someone who kind of gets them who they are now. Right, right. Listens to them, helps them kind of talk it out, not just tells them what to do, co-create stuff with them, not just gives them the to-do list. And if you don't do this, you're going to crash and burn. And too bad, so sad. I told you what to do. You really blew it. I've heard well, that story a thousand times. Well, Susan, it makes me think of just the psychology of women. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but it's the, you know, for a lot of women, you kind of are raised to be in that position of being the beta versus the alpha. And again, I'm generalizing. I still see it in some friends in the way they raise their daughters, unfortunately. And so I can understand why they want to understand things as they get older, because it's like, you know what, I'm mature enough and I have the confidence now to know I need to understand this so that I don't get, I don't know, taken advantage of if that's what she feels like she's been. And it's interesting, Susan, that you mentioned, you know, these natural transitions when you, when the, my first thought of transition is the things that I don't expect, because I'm such a planner <laughs> that if I know a transition's coming, then I guess for me, it doesn't feel like a transition because it was a planned event almost like graduating college or what, whatever's going on. And so I didn't think about the fact that in our life, there is the transitions you, that you can prepare for. But like you said, then there's going to be the ones like, gosh, to be a widow in your 30s and 40s and 50s. It's something that women need to pay attention to and female advisors need to understand this for their clients. And same with male advisors with their oh, yes. clients who are more process oriented. They're, they, what happens, let me back up for a second, Melissa, you said sure. something really interesting that you, as a planner, you're preparing for events. Yeah. You would say ages and stages, education, career, family, advanced career, retirement, aging, and the, all the research on life now blows up that whole sequential thing. It, mm -hmm. it, like for I'm in the boomer category, we're still clinging to the ages and stages. The further you go down, that's just dissipating. But even when there is an event that is seen coming, say retirement's classic in the financial planning world. Whatever you do, you want to be prepared for the day that the paycheck stops and have a good life. Mm-hmm. What's happened is that something else is going on that you didn't see. So you're retired. And then what? And then you and your spouse have different ideas, even though you think you talked about it. Then you, you <laughs> have, yeah, you have opportunities that come up that you want to do. You're so bored. You, you just, you know, bleh. so there's a dark side. Mm -hmm. There's good research on the dark side of retirement, and it's not pretty. And when I first read that, I thought, oh, that must not happen to the financial planners that I train, because I train these really, you know, advanced planners that are studying the human side oh. of transitions. So this probably doesn't. So when I read about it, and I'll tell you the data point was the increase, there's an increase in alcohol, addiction, depression, and suicide. Really? And when I said that, I thought, wow, that must be some kind of other sort of advisor that would work with someone. Because these were clients that were, I think, these were clients that were in the research um, uh, data 
pool. So I started to say that to when we have our monthly meetings or our special interests or whatever. Anytime I have a group of people on Zoom, 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 for a while I was saying, I heard this, does this ring true? Now, not everybody would say, oh yeah, but every time someone in the crowd would talk about a suicide. Wow. And I, 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 golly, I don't know how I would feel, but yeah, there's stuff and it's a human, it's normal to have some adjustment anxiety after an event, even a planned event, even when all the money is there, the people mm -hmm. say, they had all the money in the world. Yep. There's something that it goes on and it's an adaptation thing. I suspect after so many years, I mean, my head's been in this for 25 years, so uh, I'm either meant to do this or I'm absolutely nuts, which is <laughs> both. Could it be both? I'm just kidding. Susan. Could be both. It could be both. There it is. But the thing is, is that I think each time our life shifts, we, in our human evolution, we get a chance to step back and reassess and maybe shift a little bit or shift a big amount. Maybe it's a terrible thing, like that whole mother against drunk drivers. Mm -hmm. That was a mother who had lost a son, and her adaptation was to dig in and do something with that. So she she stepped back in deep, deep grief, and then finally she said, you know, the heck with this. Let's make sure this doesn't happen any more than it absolutely, whatever I can do, I want to do. So yeah. some like reinvent themselves and they're so different. Others are just more secure and whatever. I always want to know when somebody's life is changing, I ask, what are you protecting while you're trying to adjust? Mm. It's sacred in your life. You because know? they're holding on to something, right? Like you said earlier. Yeah, I want them to, well, like what I'm saying is when everything else is moving around, I want to make sure my marriage is good. Right, or, right. I see. When everything yeah. else is changing around, I want to make sure that my mother is taken care of in this situation. Mm -hmm. So, know the kind of things that people would go to the line for and make sure that the advisor and the client both know that we're looking at that. So, we do all these other things, but this part stays kind of carved out as safe. Wait, Susan, when you said that, it made me think too that. The people who were depressed, it's almost like, what are you hanging on? What is it that didn't satisfy you? Like, what is it that you thought would happen is not happening? Because like you said, if you address it soon enough, it you can keep it from getting so bad. Like, because I remember my parents, when they retired, you know, they were the greatest generation and there was a transition. They were spending more time with each other than they realized <laughs> that they wanted to. Then my father was incredibly bored. So it was, I just remember seeing them and thinking, oh, you don't just think retirement is going to be this, I don't know, like field of daisies that you run into for 30 years. You know, it's something that you have to create for yourself. And maybe some people don't take the opportunity to do that yeah. on an emotional level. Right, right. And visors, when we train financial planners to be certified financial planners, they're trained to have conversations that just go a little bit deeper. That you, we're not therapists. Sometimes it's therapeutic, but we're not therapists. But just asking a couple of these questions and knowing how to just be quiet and listen 
and then open up new possibilities, new ways of thinking about things. Like for instance, when people go into retirement and they're bored, and I, with my profession, I started in Florida. We used to call it the land of the newlywed and the nearly dead. It's not that (laughs) anymore. It's very much not that. But what I mean by that is I had retired clients all the time. Retirees and widows would be kind of, or people getting close to retirement. It's one of the top states for retirees still. I know. I know. (laughs) And hurricanes too. We do that. Right. (laughs) Wow. I don't even want to go there. But what we found is that people sometimes are bored or they're depressed. They're kind of at loss. What I found when I got into the transition work is that there are ways to address it that are not, they don't come off a spreadsheet, uh, but they're well within the context of a financial planning engagement. So for, we call it routine reboot, just just our name for it. But you can ask a client to experiment and try and map out for say like, I don't know, two, three months, a schedule where they have things on their schedule that are routine, social, measurable, and challenging. So hmm, what's that? Well, one client I worked with when I was still taking clients had golf. That's routine scheduled, uh, routine social, but he hated it. He thought everybody was like a knucklehead. They were talking about their shots for like hours afterwards. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't for him. He He ended up volunteering. And really helping an organization develop into a national organization for people. So for it was for tutoring kids. But it was saying, like, what else could you do that's routine, social, challenging, and measurable? Some people volunteer. Some people learn a language. Some people go to Home Depot and do-it-yourself projects. And then they go home and they try to lay tile or something. But to give somebody sort of a structure, I like structured conversations. It's a purpose. There's nothing therapy about it. It's just, hey, there's some research and it seems like this is happening in a good way. So why don't you try it? And that doesn't mean every week or every day or a certain kind of, it's whatever people want. Yeah. Well within the range of financial engagements to say, let's try this. Maybe it'd be fun. Well, especially if retirement is going to last you 30 years. I mean, for some people, it's going to last for decades. So you do have to figure out what you're going to do from, again, to a brain. So you're not bored from a heart placed. Even if you have all the money in the world, like you mentioned, you know, I think that it is important for people and financial planners, to, their clients realize, oh, this is going to last a long time. So again, since this podcast is geared toward women, is there anything that you find challenging or inspiring when it comes from the, to, from the perspective of a female advisor or female clients? Is there anything that, that they need to focus on more so or be aware of that maybe male clients or male advisors don't? I meet so many women in the profession, and of course I am one, and and I've kind of grown up in this profession for almost 40 years. So what I find is there are some women that advisors that are so focused on doing the right thing from a technical point of view, and they're really good at it, but they don't have the brain space for the personal, they're always, you're not going to find a financial planner who's a real jerk that everybody hates, you know? Right. Nice 
and they like their clients. But to go beyond the technical is sometimes a little bit challenging for women, even though they might be hardwired like that at home. And then there are others who want to be very nurturing and they have a lot of conversation, they care, they extend themselves to their clients, but they don't have process for really making that effective. So they have a burnout level, they get tired. You know, yeah. when you have someone who's in deep grief or deep anxiety or something, and you're a nurturer, you naturally give them more and more and more of yourself. And there's a lot of other people who want part of you. So if you learn to use some process and structure, either to add to the technical or to make the nurturing, I hate to use the word efficient because it's not about efficiency, but make it really click mm -hmm. and make it useful as a strong benefit to the client as well as for the advisor. So a lot of satisfaction of helping people build a new track to be on. Mm -hmm. and, I like uh, but, that. I think it's great advice. I mean, and, and again, like you said, something to be aware of, know that you're doing that and not to have burnout. One last thought I had through this conversation, because again, transitions, I mean, I think a lot of people right now are feeling transitions because of what we're going through currently in our economy. Um, and again, like I mentioned the pandemic, but it's funny, I have a young son and I see him going through school and helping him with school and realizing that that's where we learned the structure, right? We learned from birth to have a structure to nap at a certain time, do this. And then we go through school, and we have a structure to do. And so it just makes it, I know that my personality being the person who is the planner that transitions are usually very stressful for me, especially if they're unexpected. I'm sure they're stressful for everybody, but especially those like me who thrived in that structured environment of school, structured environment of work, if there's a schedule. So, you know, any last thoughts on when it comes to transitions in general and just, again, something to be aware of? Transitions almost always disrupt routines responsibilities, your your calendar, your identity. So there's a lot of disruption. So you're you're re you're putting a puzzle back together again. And what I'd love people to remember is that transitions take years, not months. So the deeper the change, the longer the transit. Widows usually talk about it the second year is the worst year. Then after that, it gets better. By the fifth year, they're good. R retirement can take two or three years. Sale of a business, Columbia University did a study with entrepreneurs with big liquidity events, took on average four and a half years. Now, the pandemic really disrupted us in ways we could not have seen. So it was an ending stage of the of a norm the way life worked mm -hmm. now all of a sudden the windows open kind of and we're we're back but you can see we're not back the way we were you don't go backwards you always go forwards right and the pandemic was collective and deep it lasted years so i would expect the next stage passage to get to new normal is going to take a pretty long time. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is just accept it as a challenge. Like I said, prepare, don't give up planning, but really be prepared for things you could possibly see. And, and real, if you can lean in, there's some very cool things that we all discover as we're going through these transitions. We are meant to reimagine. 
And if you're waiting for new normal and you're getting kind of ticked off because it isn't all done and patted down yet, you're you're missing something. You can have that frustration, but don't let it rule the day. There's possibilities that comes up. It's the beauty of the transition. There's a challenge and a gift. It sounds very Chinese, I know, but. No, but Susan, I love it because I haven't had the patience myself. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are yeah. in this world of instant gratification. You know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to dust my dust off the my pants and I'm going to keep going. But you got to be patient with yourself and give yourself some grace. And I think that that's great advice. Susan Bradley, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We really appreciate it. It was a great pleasure, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Invest in Women, the podcast series. Your insight into the growing wealth of women and how to attract and retain your female clients and help scale your practice. Learn more by subscribing to this podcast or visiting fa-mag.com.